Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pregaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So back-to-back real-time show episodes. I saw a legendary metal band for the 12th time two nights ago. This episode is going to revolve around the Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast tour I saw on October 9th, 2022 at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. And to help recap this tour and talk about Maiden, please welcome back Jay to the podcast. Jay, welcome back. Thanks, Brad. (laughs) I guess it was just you and me who saw uh, saw this show out of the group. Yeah, so Jay saw this tour on September 15th, 2022 at the Bach Center, or the BOK Center. Boxing. Rock the Bach. Bank Rock of Oklahoma. B O K. There you go. It's, everybody calls it over here. It's just the B O K. The B O K. Everybody right. calls it a lot of different. If you're not from around here, you call it the Bach. The B O K. Yeah. Oklahoma has a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. This was somewhat of a, a last minute deal for you, wasn't it? Picking up that Actually, ticket. Actually, yeah. Yeah, now that you mention it, um, I think or I you, or you I Well, I mean, I, I saw it, and it, it, it would, had been coming across my Facebook feed and and uh, just saw, kept seeing it over and over and over again, and then finally got to the week of, and I'm like, how am I not going to go to see Iron Maiden if they're just right down the street? So exactly. I ended up popping on it, and uh, so yeah, we had a good time. I uh, went with a friend of mine, and uh, we sat uh, second row, or no, I'm I'm sorry, uh, second level mezzanine, and uh, they, they were they were good seats. Yeah, uh, nice. Bok is not huge, um, so yeah, that was uh, yeah that, that was a good time for sure. Yeah, so I think yeah you shot that out to the group that you were going, and I think I. I shot you something individually and said, Hey, I'm going to see this month after you did. I said, how about you and I hooking up and doing this? And you said, why wouldn't I? (laughs) (laughs) So so that's what we, that's what we did. But uh, this legacy of the beast tour, you know, they, they started this thing in 2018 actually. And I think it was in Europe and then they came over to North America and Matt and I saw it in Indy in August of 19, right before, <laughs> kind of right before COVID, you know, right yeah. around the corner. And so then they shelved it and they had a bunch of stuff that they were postponing dates and canceling dates and all this. And, and then they came out with the, uh, the album a year ago, the new album. And they said, Hey, we're going to do this again, but we're, going to play some of these new songs and kind of keeping the same the same stage set for the most part uh, but added the new songs in there so jay background on maiden this could take a while but... <laughs> <laughs> trying to think about background on maiden i mean just along with you guys probably involved you guys uh you know and matt's bronco uh listened to 
Maiden, we've been doing it ever since the early 80s. Yep. So probably, I think I came in, uh, I think it was Peace of Mind. It was my first album. And uh, so after Peace of Mind, um, I didn't go back and check out the piano era until it was much later, several years back. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, I became such a fan of the earlier stuff that, uh, gosh, I think I almost, uh, for the longest time, I, I just, uh, you know, I preferred the, the Deano era stuff to the, the later, I, you know, uh, if you listen to Maiden a million times, uh, and go back to the earlier stuff, it's a little bit more punky and, so that's kind of, you know, I, I got into them uh, early 80s. So did you, were you part of that Cohen clan that saw the World Peace Tour in Lincoln? Of the World Peace Tour. That, yeah, that sounds... At Pershing? Was that, would you have done that? Show? World Peace. Uh, <laughs> who, who opened for that? Oh, goodness. Was it, was it Accept? I seem to remember Accept opening up for Maiden. That was the well, first time I saw him. So maybe that was the slavery tour. That might have been the world slavery tour. The power slave with the big mummified Eddie that yeah, came out of the back. Yeah, I don't think it was the peace of mind. Yeah, album. so that might have been just Brad, because I think Andy was... <laughs> somehow little Andy was... That might have been a Cohen family trip. It could have been, yeah. <laughs> and then, so did you see that. him? Did you see him? That did you see him on somewhere in time, or did you not see him? Until I did not. Much later, okay. So world slavery, and then probably much later with the uh, with us, right? Yep. Yep, that sounds right. Whether it was in KC or, well, yeah, KC probably on that. Uh, the maiden that they recreated the seventh son. That was the, the presidential suite. Oh God! <laughs> Weekend, which, <laughs> which we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that show someday for for sure. But uh, yeah, that was epic. Yeah, that was an epic slam fest for sure. But yeah, the uh. the Diano stuff, I, you know, yeah, it took me a while to kind of get into that. You know, after being exposed to the heavily produced. Right, you know, and the, right, and Dickinson's voice, and just the, you know, they took off, obviously, and but yeah, I mean, after I went back and listened to that stuff when I was got a little bit older, I feel like I appreciated it more because at first I yeah, didn't like his voice, but yeah, there's there's something <laughs> there's something very very cool about that version of the band. So yeah, I don't know how she put it. It's uh. It's got a different quality to it. Um, yeah, yeah. That uh, it, it's completely different. Uh, still Maiden, but so yeah, it's interesting because you're right. It's a little bit more raw. Yep. I hear a little bit more punk influence. Absolutely. And yes. And uh, uh, you know, less uh, less produced, like you said. And. Uh, you know, they were such a smaller band at the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, just smaller stages, smaller everything, smaller scale. Exactly, exactly. 
Yep. Yeah. But yeah, we'll talk we'll talk about one of those Diano albums a little bit later on in the episode. But let's let's get into these shows. So yeah, you talked a little bit about your your seat and again last minute I think you bought the ticket the day before, right? I think that's when yeah. you shot it. You shot yeah. that text to us and said, Hey, I'm going to this tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think it was like I was laying there in bed. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I was, I was up late for whatever reason, and it just dawned on me. It's like, why am I not maiden this here this week? How am I not going to go? So I just pulled the trigger right there, reached yep. over, grabbed my phone, looked for tickets, found them, <laughs> just bought them, and threw it back down, and went to sleep. Just made the deal. The deal <laughs> is the made. Deal. Yep. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I don't. I guess I don't remember when this got announced for Detroit, but I. I jumped on a ticket. I mean, it again, general admission on the floor, and I snatched, I snatched one of those up. So Little Caesars Arena, which this is the first time I'm talking about this arena in Detroit. So opened in 2017. So put this into perspective: Kobo Arena closed in 2010. Joe Louis Arena closed in July of 17. And the Palace of Auburn Hills closed in October of 17. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they had all of those venues, right? I mean, Kobo was downtown right on the river. Joe Louis Arena right next door, basically, to Kobo. Right down, you know, but twice as big. Kobo was only about a 12,000-seater, and the Joe was 20,000-plus. And then the Palace was obviously out in the burbs of uh auburn hills where the pistons played so interesting that all of those <laughs> have since closed and little caesar's arena is taking care of everything right yeah, yeah. red wings in I there know. pistons in there and now all the concerts go there so that must be a big place it's a cool place yeah yeah we'll need to need to get get you guys up here because it's what's really cool about it is that it's it's built into the ground right so like when you enter the arena you're at like the mid-level of the arena so when you go into the actual stadium you're going down steps to get you know down that's so they dug a hole so it's not an eyesore right it's not this huge building yeah it's only it's only got the upper bowl is really kind of exposed that part of the building so it it's pretty cool that is definitely cool. Definitely cool. So this is this is my this was my fifth show only at, at that arena since it opened in seventeen. But um, that's really unique. I can't think of another major. Gosh, almighty! What a hole they had to dig for that thing. Well, right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. To house the full floor, and then I mean they got to have stuff underneath there to put ice. You know they got to have all that. Yeah, equipment to have ice frozen on the. Uh, Who think about the. <laughs> building they're like all right we got to get iron maiden in the ground <laughs> right. let's, let's figure this out how deep and how wide does it gotta be exactly <laughs> exactly so jay did you see the opener i did not trying to think, <laughs> trying to so, think. who was the opener well good or question out there oh, oh yes i did see him was there a they have a female lead singer nope this is no. the guy and i'll be able to think of who opened here yeah shoot oh yeah. trivium 
Oh, Trivium open. Okay, yeah, we did not get Trivium. Tell me about Trivium. Trivium was kind of newish, sort of screamo, kind of, yeah. and uh, you know, they were they were they were just all right. Yeah, you know, I had uh, I think I'd probably seen them at, uh, before at Rocklahoma, probably. Oh sure. Um, I mean, they paid a lot of respect to the band, and uh, you know, all right, you guys get ready for Iron Maiden, and everybody would yell, <laughs> and uh, so that was good. But, so yeah, it was a decent opening band. I mean, I was totally into it. Yeah. Um, but I was just sitting there uh, having a good time. So good. wasn't bad. Yeah. So we we got Within Temptation is the name of the band, and I don't I know heard of them. I don't know, but I saw some pictures, and I feel I feel like there was a female singer. But I, yeah, I guess the comments that I saw on, off of that photo on Facebook, people people dug them. But I, yeah, I don't know anything about them at all. Yeah, I yeah, that, that's that'd have been all right. I, yeah. I've never seen them before, or heard of them. No, me neither. Me neither. So let's get into. And this will be easy because the set list was the same between the shows that we saw. So here's what we got. So Were they exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah. Wow. It's a it's a uh, it's a machine at this point that they're yeah. <laughs> you know. So this is what we got, Jay. Sajensu, Stratego, Writing on the Wall, Revelations, Blood Brothers. Sign of the Cross, Flight of Icarus, Fear of the Dark, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Number of the Beast, and close the regular set with Iron Maiden, and then Encored the Trooper, the Klansman, and Run to the Hills, and then came out for Encore number two, which was Aces High. So... Kind of an interesting breakdown, right? Well, I mean, one song from the debut, nothing from Killers, three songs from Number of the Beast, two from Peace of Mind, one from Power Slave, nothing from Somewhere in Time, Seventh Son, and No Prayer for the Dying, one song from Fear of the Dark, and then they played a song off of each of the Blaze Bailey <laughs> albums, which, you know, The X Factor and Virtual Eleven, and yeah. then one from one from Brave New World, and then nothing from Dance of Death through the Book of Souls, and then three new songs, which is what they kick the show off with. So again, yeah. you know, when you when you got seventeen albums, <laughs> it's a little yeah. tricky, I think. I mean, that's that's uh, that set list is pretty good. I mean, it wasn't uh, just chock full of the old hits. No, and it wasn't right. just all obscure new stuff you know relatively obscure so it was kind of a uh, uh mix in the middle that's so that was all right with me i thought it was good i um what'd you what'd you think with them kicking off with three new songs back to back to back yeah that was cool <laughs> <laughs> i i thought that title cut I mean, I think I thought that war, you know, it's more kind of a mid tempo, but man, oh man, it was heavy. It, 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 it sounded a lot heavier to me live than it does on the studio album. 
just that chugging, chugging, you know, type riff. And I thought Bruce's vocal, of course, he, yeah, he had his hair up in a bun. Yeah, same here. <laughs> right? Yep. yep. Kind of doing the, the samurai yep. thing. And of course, the stage set was awesome, right? Felt like, felt like we were in Japan somewhere. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Oh, what's his name? The the minstrel or whatever the guy's name, Janet. <laughs> I just could. I try to keep my eyes off of him. Just trying to focus on him because I swear. So you were on his just... side, weren't you? No, I was. Uh, I was stage right, so uh, I was on Dave Murray's side. Oh, so you were stage. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Because if you were on his side, I guess maybe you could just, you know configure yourself maybe part of the pa could block him out or something yeah i mean i didn't have a shot of getting like center uh <laughs> center left stage where paris spends most of his time <laughs> right. so i was definitely i was not going right so uh i yeah. went over to the on the left side so i could watch uh dave and adrian yeah uh, and then paris runs around obviously and so does bruce uh but uh yeah it was good and the person I went with, my friend Cindy, she uh, she'd never seen Iron Maiden before. Oh, nice! So I told, I asked her if she, you know, she knew Eddie, and she had no clue who Eddie was. I'm like, well, Eddie will probably make an appearance. You might see him later, a couple times. And so yeah. yeah, you know, when he comes out, I mean, that's the thing with Iron Maiden, right? So it was funny to watch her reaction to, to that. But she had a really good time. Nice. Well, yeah, so they had the kind of the Sajensu Eddie come out during one of those. I don't remember. I guess I don't know what song it was. Um, out of those first three. Yeah, it was something. It and then you like had the trooper. came out kind of pretty the, early, though. Yeah, there, and then there was a trooper one, right, that came out yeah. later. But uh, I'll tell you, one of the coolest things I saw at that show is this 10-year-old kid. Before <laughs> the show started, he had the, uh, you know, he had the the aviation uh, goggles on with oh, the yeah. leather helmet yeah and right high shirt on <laughs> he was just loud and proud walking in there he's just high man it was that's, that was <laughs> awesome <laughs>
Nice. Yeah. Nice. But, you know, so after the writing on the wall, there was a long, I, I don't want to call it a delay because I don't think it was, I think it was planned, but there were all these sound effects that almost sounded like, almost sounded like war prop playing sound effects. So I almost, I was like, are they, they're not playing aces high hot right now. I mean, this went on for quite a while and then they kicked into Revelation. <laughs> the deal was there it, huh. it seemed it was really i mean jay it was really long i mean i i was like what what are they doing with I'm this but that's that then, out on youtube then and, and then i don't remember now, that and then the lights kind of came on and you saw the stained glass you know that background with all the kind of the eddies i mean i think it was just a backdrop and then of course yeah. they kicked into revelations which was which was pretty sweet <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, right? <clears throat> Steve Harris's hair is receding. <laughs> I noticed that even yeah. from the second deck. That, yeah, right. Like, man, right. These, these guys are getting on, but they still, God Almighty, they they still bring it. Well, and Jay, it was loud, man. I thought it was really. I mean, our show was loud. Like, was it really? Yeah, I mean, Doctor Doctor. When it came on, you know, before they came on, they I mean they cranked that song up <laughs> big time. Yeah. It was it was loud. I mean it was it was one of the louder shows I've seen in several years, at least up. It also wasn't too bad. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean it wasn't unbearable, but it was it was it was certainly louder than a lot of the stuff that I've seen. But what'd you think of the Flight of Icarus presentation? Icarus back there and Dickinson walking around with those flamethrowers. <laughs>
flight of Icarus. Yeah, man. Um, you know, when it just goes into F sharp, it's all it's, it's on, it's on for flight of Icarus. Uh, so that was yeah, it was good. You know, it's just everything. Uh, now to me, it's uh, one of my main things about Peyton Maiden lately. Is they their album and songwriting is getting so, you know, matured. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, God almighty, I've never heard a tighter band live because they were just absolutely It was right incredible. On. Yeah. I mean, I've we hadn't... Heard of... uh, we hadn't seen them, what, since 16... It was When was that that we were in Tulsa? Was that 16 or earlier? I guess I don't recall... Uh, yeah, I mean that sounds about right. Well, whatever. I guess, but yeah, Book of Souls, right? That was the the Book yeah. of Souls tour that we saw down there. But yeah, I I felt like they were tighter here. God. Yeah, and I I know that was one of my main takeaways, like just how great they sounded. Yeah, and ours wasn't too loud, but no. I don't know. Did, did they don't use a click track? Do you know? I don't think you know, so. It, I I would. I would be very surprised. I think wouldn't I mean Nico would have to be wearing headphones, right? Wouldn't he? Yeah. And I don't think he yeah. was. I mean unless he had little ear monitors in, but I I don't think so. I don't think there was a click there. Yeah. No. But I'm I'm telling you, man, it sounded God, everything's perfect. Yeah. And I yeah. you know, and uh no mistakes, I didn't hear any. You know, I, <laughs> you know after, after you've heard those songs a thousand times. You can pick a mistake out, but oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, so. yeah. So Bruce made a comment that there were some contest winners, apparently oh, yeah? from fans from all over the world, and he he joked that they thought they were going to Hawaii and they ended up in Detroit. <laughs> 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 so that was that was funny. But yeah, I mean, they like then they people had flags. So I mean, there were people from all over the world at that show. I, I guess I didn't realize that there was some sort of a contest or or something or other. But uh, so that was kind of cool. And then yeah, Jay, I saw people crowd surfing. No way. Which I, did, didn't make a lot of sense to me. I I had heard some other people online that had been to this tour. They were saying that there were mosh pits at some of the shows. I didn't see I, any mosh pits. I don't. I saw I don't... a couple pits open up. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe. Yeah, maybe there were some, and I couldn't see from my vantage point. You know, I was on the floor, but I mean, I was back. You know, back by the soundboard area, maybe just right in front of it. But I, yeah. So you saw some mosh pits. <laughs> that that's the newer generation. I saw them open it. As the, <laughs> there's a pit down there in Iron Maiden. I know the people around them must have been pissed. I just yeah. want to listen and watch, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. like, get out of my way. Exactly. 15-year-old. <laughs> uh, funny. Well, so in comparison, so I told you that Matt and I saw this in 19 in Indianapolis. So we didn't. Yeah. We obviously didn't get the three new songs, right? Because the album wasn't out yet. And they didn't play Blood Brothers. But instead... We got, and this was, again, they weren't touring a new album at all, so this was more of, uh, you know, classics. But we got Where Eagles Dare. Nice. Two Minutes yeah. to Midnight. Yep. For the Greater Good of God, 
which is off of uh, Matter of Life and Death. The Wicker Man. And The Evil That Men Do. So we got those five songs versus the the three new oh, ones and Blood Brothers that we got. Yeah, so they, they mixed that up a little bit, obviously, after the album came out. So I was a little surprised. I thought the set I thought it was gonna be a little bit longer. Yeah, good point. I mean that's only what was this, like fifteen songs is all? Yeah. I mean I some like of them are long. You know, <laughs> right. But, I was but, thinking, I don't know, for whatever reason, I had Epitaph in my mind. You know, oh, my God. Epitaph, and they just did everything. <laughs> and uh, It just kept it. coming. Epitaph just kept coming. It just kept coming. It was so good. <laughs> and uh, so I was I, I was sort of thinking that. and it, so, so, yeah, it was a little bit different. Uh, good night, but. Yeah. It wasn't no Epitaph. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, and then Run to the Hills. How funny was that TNT plunger thing that was set up on the platform kind of above the drum kit that so Bruce pushed that thing down and blew the stage up. At the blew end. The st- <laughs> God almighty. I mean, I have to go but back and look at the video. Well, yeah. So an old, you know, like an old uh, Wild E. Coyote TNT right. plunger thing, right? Was, was on the stage and maybe maybe that had something to do with the kind of the cartoonish video for run to the hills with all those yeah. uh old western and, shots and acme and acme, they acme. yeah <laughs> uh, exactly yeah it was hilarious it was hilarious <laughs> so there was a review in the oakland Oh, God. What was this? The Oakland Press, which is Oakland County. So get this, Jay. You'll you'll get a kick out of the, the um, headline. Iron Maiden delivers beastly good fun at Little Caesars Arena. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so what what is Cleveland? Is that the or no, I'm sorry, Oakland. It's not Oakland County out there in Detroit, is it? Yeah, there's an yeah, Oakland, you got Oakland, you got three counties that make up the Detroit metro and Oakland is one of them. But uh yeah, this guy I don't know. I thought this was kind of funny. He uh beastly good time, huh? Beastly good time, but he also he made a comment. He said and and the group doesn't do it very often. Sunday show was its first in the metro area in six years and the first since 1996 inside Detroit city limits, meaning there's no burnout for either audience or band. But I'm like, dude, just because they weren't in the Detroit city limits doesn't mean they haven't been in the metro area. I mean, yeah, you know, no there's burnout. all there's. Well, yeah, I mean, they're the palace and Pine Knob. And I mean, I went to a, I went some, to some shows over that time frame, you know, up there. So this guy's got to do his homework a little bit better. <laughs> I'm not sure everybody gets it. <laughs> and then get, well, get this. Then he he's says not, this time, this time. I'm not sure about that crap. <laughs> this time out, Maiden was celebrating the legacy of the beast 40 years since its landmark number of the beast album. Well, but they started the Legacy of the Beast tour in like 2018. So I don't think it had anything to do with Number of the Beast album. Ah, whatever. Whatever. Well, they're coming out with that 
they're uh, reissued number of the beast they are yeah oh yeah i mean it's obviously <laughs> seen a 40. That? yeah i've seen the seen the ad for it and now on to the concert calendar So the Legacy of the Beast tour, as of the day this episode drops, there are seven more North American dates, and this tour will conclude starting October 15th, Ottawa, Ontario, then they hit Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, Washington, D.C., North Carolina, and it closes October 27th in Tampa Bay. And then last week, Iron Maiden announced the future past tour for 2023 and this is very very interesting because the future is in the sejensu font and the past tour 2023 is in the somewhere in time font so according to the press release iron maiden will be bringing a new tour to europe in the summer of 2023 including arena shows in the UK and Ireland. The Future Past Tour will feature previously underperformed songs from the band's most recent studio album, Sejensu, along with a focus on 1986's iconic Somewhere in Time record, plus other classic cuts. So 13 European dates have been announced, starting June 13, 2023, in Krakow, Poland, They'll hit Switzerland, Ireland, Scotland, five shows in England, the Netherlands, Belgium, and Italy, and it'll close in Wacken, Germany, at the Wacken Open Air, August 2nd through August 5th, 2023. So now on to the band on the Bill Spotlight. So Iron Maiden's 17th studio album, Sejensu, released September 3rd, 2021, produced by Kevin Shirley. And charted at number three. So I figured, you know, they played three songs on this leg of the Legacy of the Beast tour. So why not go through this album and give my opinion of these ten songs? So first off, it's interesting to note that the songwriting credits are interesting on this album. Harris has four soul writing credits on here smith and dickinson have three smith harris have one and gers harris have two so <laughs> kind of interesting this album is a little bit lopsided with the 10 tracks because the last three songs 10 minutes and 20 seconds 12 minutes and 39 seconds and 11 minutes 19 seconds and all three of those songs pinned by Harris. So diving into the first three tracks which they played at this show. Sejensu, written by Smith Harris, clocking in at 8 minutes 20 seconds. So some big big drum hits to kick off this song into a cool intro, into a great riff mid-tempo kind of reminds me a little bit of judas rising from judas priest's comeback album angel of retribution versus bruce on his own and then some harmonizing in there rallying around to the call and they need everyone at the wall great lead guitar melody in there 
Breakdown, hear them coming. Ready now we wait. Must be steadfast, must be patient. And that's just Bruce delivering that. Hold the great wall, never fall again. Arrows falling, dark oblivion. So actually very cool song. As I mentioned, the show, that song was very, very heavy live comes across a lot heavier live than it did in the studio. Next up, Stratego, Gers Harris, clocking in just under five minutes. So this qualifies as a quick hitter, which I love all of their quote-unquote quick hitter songs. Very cool riff, verse, lead melody, following the vocal melody, which I'm not always a huge fan of, but Maiden does it, and generally Maiden does it well. It works here. Pre-chorus, for I have not a mortal soul that you already know. Again, just Bruce delivering that. Awesome. And some delay in there as well. And again, serious galloping vibe, which is not uncommon, obviously, for Maiden, but it's especially prominent right during this pre-chorus section. Chorus, just okay. Underlying lead melody, kind of following that vocal. Eh, doesn't, doesn't totally work, but I'm a fan, and it came across well live. Writing on the wall, Smith Dickinson, clocking in at 6.13. So this was the first song that everybody heard. They had that interesting uh, animated video that went along with it. Cool acoustic intro into a not Maiden-like riff. It's cool, and again, it sounds like something, and I can't put my fingers on it. Kicks in fully at about the minute mark. Verse is good. Chorus, have you seen the writing on the wall? Have you seen the writing? And again, some underlying delay in there, which is great. Can you see the writers on the storm? Can you see them writing? And during the live performance, again, it was very cool to hear Adrian Smith play that acoustic intro. And then during the chorus, obviously he had some crowd participation going on and people were participating, so they knew the song. Lost in a World, solely written by Harris. Nine minutes, 31 seconds. Cool acoustic intro, some underlying Oz back there. Great vibe. Bruce sounds really good. Some cool delay in there. Again, kicks in at about the two-minute mark. Verse, great double-tracked vocal and delivery. Chorus, tempo change, lost in a lost world, great delay, lying on sacred ground, great delay, just awesome, and then a great, great tone on that guitar solo. Next up, Days of Future Past, Smith Dickinson, just over four minutes long, so this could technically be a quick hitter as well. Great mid-tempo intro, kicks into an upbeat, quick hitter riff, verse, is good chorus bruce only voice is just soaring the days of future past to wander on the shore a king without a queen to die forevermore to wander in the wasteland immortal to the end waiting for the judgment but the judgment never ends great great song next up the time machine gers harris seven minutes nine seconds Mellow intro, mellow vocal, again kicks in at about the minute mark. Cool riff, lead melody following the vocal melody. Again, not a huge fan of it. It's okay here, 
Chorus, Bruce double tracked, great melody. I'm not a preacher, I am but a man. You cannot imagine what I've seen and done. And then some harmonizing in there as well. Awesome solo trade-offs are great and a very cool underlying riff during that solo. Darkest Hour, Smith Dickinson, 7 minutes 20 seconds. Ocean sound effects, waves, seagulls. Arpeggiated chord, intro, chorus, here I stand in a serenade of glory. Great delay on his voice, awesome underlying riff during that chorus, an amazing solo as well, and then ends with the same ocean sound effects, waves, and seagulls. Death of the Celts, solely written by Harris, 10 minutes, 20 seconds, combo bass, acoustic, intro, great riff, melody, vocal comes in, again, no percussion until about the two and a half minute mark. Eh, I don't know. This song, I mean, doesn't really go anywhere for me in 10 minutes and 20 seconds. is a long time for it not to go anywhere. Next up, The Parchment, solely written by Harris, 12 minutes and 39 seconds. Copy and paste from the Death of the Celts. Comments again, intro, acoustic guitars sound like chanting back there, which actually... The sound is really good on this album. Those acoustic guitars sound great. Kicks in, cool lead melody. Verse melody follows the lead guitar melody in there. Uh, again, doesn't go anywhere. 12 minutes and 39 seconds is a long time. The album closes out with Hell on Earth, solely written by Harris. 11 minutes, 19 seconds awesome intro that acoustic bass lead melody and underlying keys just sets a great great mood kicks in lead melody i'm a fan of the upbeat chorus vocal melody they only do it one time so interesting arrangement in there i wish i could go back bled for all upon this hell on earth and again some great great riffing kind of post chorus in there during some of those breakdowns Great stuff going on in there. And then towards the end, probably the last third of the song, this love and anger, just Bruce singing Life in Danger. Then there's some harmonies in there. Lost in Anger, again, just Bruce, Life in Danger, harmonies. But, I mean, that Bruce portion of that, that double-tracked vocal, just sounds fantastic. So, closes off strong. Kind of hit a couple bumps there towards the latter third of the album but overall i'm pretty impressed with this record i mean those first six seven songs are solid and then that last song is really good as well those those two death of the celts and the parchment eh, don't do uh, don't do anything for me but i mean overall this album ranks up there pretty high for me for kind of the post 2000 maiden releases starting with brave new world a matter of life and death is probably in the top spot for me but this one's really really close with book of souls probably not too far behind it but again pretty impressed hadn't had anything from them for six years and i think they came out swinging and put a great great album out and again it was cool to hear those first three songs live and they came across great live there's some other songs on here that would come across well live as well 
So when they do that, the future past tour in 2023, it'll be interesting to see what songs they choose from this album. And now on to the Slamfest tip of the week. So real-time show means pre-gaming. So in addition to my song selections, a couple of uh, interesting points here. I wore my 2013 Slamfest Up the Irons t-shirt, and everyone will hear more about that in a few years when I get to that episode. But I was also partaking in some Trooper beer. So the drive down to Detroit, I decided to put a playlist together of Maiden title cuts and listen to them on shuffle. So here was the order. Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, Iron Maiden, Killers, The Number of the Beast, Fear of the Dark, Caught Somewhere in Time, Brave New World, Final Frontier, Book of Souls, Power Slave, No Prayer for the Dying, Dance of Death, and closed with Sinjitsu. So interesting, right? They've got 17 studio albums. There's not a title cut on Peace of Mind or A Matter of Life and Death, and none on the two Blaze Bailey era albums. So in the lot, I decided to go with the following theme, bands that opened for Maiden and bands that Maiden has opened for. And my goal was to take songs from the albums that those bands were supporting on those tours. So here you go. Queen in Love, Ingve Malmsteen, Tin Soldier, Humble Pie, Up to the Limit, Except, We Are Motorhead, Motorhead, I Want to Be Somebody, Wasp, and this was a long distance song selection from Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock podcast. He said he had to go with Wasp because they opened the first Maiden tour he saw, the World Slavery Tour. Hit and Run, Whitesnake, Belly of the Beast, Anthrax, Power Trip, Monster Magnet, Twisted, Vinnie Vincent Invasion, Hit and Run, Girl School, Too Hard to Handle, Blackfoot, Big Fat Pig, Clutch, Burn in Hell, Twisted Sister, Too Far Gone, Coney Hatch, Don't Tell the Kids, Dio, Letting Go, Mama's Boys, Nightmare, Saxon, Wildcats, Tigers of Pantang, Heft, Fastway, Only the Strong Survive, Warrior, Rock Until You Drop, Raven, Dogs of War, Michael Schenker Group, Separate, Fraley's Comet, In Your Direction, Rat, It's So Easy, Guns N' Roses, Power, Rainbow, I Want Out, Halloween, Lifetime, Killer Dwarfs, Super Collider, Megadeth, over the Edge, Hurricane, and closed with She's So European by Kiss. So, like I said at the top of this, I had bands that had opened for Maiden and then bands that Maiden had opened for, but I was having so much fun with the bands that had opened for Maiden, I stuck with that, but had to close out the pre-gaming with Kiss. Of course, Maiden opened for Kiss on the Unmasked Tour in 1980, so I chose that gem off of the Unmasked album. 
And the one funny note from this pre-gaming, so I was just in my car, and the one song that got any reaction was a guy walking by, and he gave me devil horns when I was playing Twisted by Vinnie Vincent Invasion. So now to close this episode out with the Which Side Are You On? So we talked about the Diano era albums a little bit earlier. So let's do the North American version of Killers, released February 2nd, 1981, charted at number 78, and is certified gold. So again, everything on this album is written by Harris alone, except for two songs, title cut, Diano and Harris, and Twilight Zone, Murray and Harris. So Jay, what are your thoughts on side one? It's got Wrathchild on there. So yeah, I mean, I was developing my uh, right forearm uh, to do his triplets was, uh, that's painful and arduous. <laughs> Rigorous freaking training required. I'm sure. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, but that was, uh, yeah, for uh, Ratchow, that was always one of my favorite bass lines. Uh, great riff. So, um, what's next on that album? It's another Mur great one right after it. Murders, Murders in, in the, the Rue Morgue. Yeah. That one kills as well. Something else. I love Deanna, I love Deanna on that one. Oh, yeah. His voice oh, yeah. on that track is just kicks all ass. And, and then, uh, what, what do you, what about, so then you got Another Life and in Innocent Exile, which, I, I mean, those kind of slow down, don't they? They do. They do. I mean, I my note here, another life. Actually, the riff at times kind of, kind of has a two minutes to midnight vibe <laughs> to it. Yeah. But it that song just doesn't go anywhere. You know, for me, Innocent Exile has a great bass intro, but it's kind of disjointed. It just yeah. I mean, Diano sounds great. He's got. He's got some great screams on this album yeah you know, that i think get overlooked you know they people think that he can't scream because they compare him to dickinson but he's got some cool <laughs> he's got some cool screams yeah, on this record his, definitely he's got his it's, it's his own voice it was it, right um, and yeah he's just more raw i don't think he had the power uh, at all right uh what dickinson had yeah, uh, power behind his voice, um, but it, like yeah, his screams, um, absolutely, man. I mean, there the scream go. at the end of Wrathchild is forget about it. <laughs> He's got a great scream at the end of that. Yeah, but yeah, Mur Murders in the Rue Morgue is probably my favorite song on the album. Oh yeah, and it might it's be my favorite, my second favorite. Yeah, might be my favorite Diano song. Period, which is kind of a bold statement but great title i love it yeah great you know <laughs> great great matter. title yeah yeah but though so i mean yeah Rathchild and murders in the room are, are great genghis khan i think is i mean that's a cool instrumental you know the I, yeah the last minute and a half or whatever has some great uh lead harmonies in there and whether they've got delay or re reverb on it, something it just sounds real it just sounds 
Amazing. No, what else is excellent is no Janik. Hey, that guy's just not there. Which, I mean, that's a major plus. That's a major plus. He's not on side one or side two. Or side two. Thank God. So, where's so this guy up? I don't so, know. Is he like Ruprecht, the, uh, you know, and <laughs> he's got an eye patch and a fork? You know, I, I possibly, I think the connection is, isn't the connect? Didn't Bruce find him for some of his solo albums in the nineties? Isn't that where he came from? I don't, I guess I don't, I don't know, know for sure. I'm not sure because he replaced yeah, Adrian. I think when Adrian left there in their early nineties, but I don't know where he came from, but he's not going anywhere. <laughs> he's not <laughs> dug himself in like a tick. <laughs> That he has. So let's move on to side two, which also doesn't have Yannick on it. But you got, so Killers, Twilight Zone, Prodigal Son, Purgatory, and Drifter. Solid. Uh, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go side one on this one. For me. I mean, I may be jumping the gun. Uh, I don't no, know. What do you think no, side two? There's no jumping the gun. Well, yeah, Killers, I mean, great, great title cut. You know, yeah, there's all all kinds of, Diano's got all kinds of interjections in the beginning. He's all doing all those yas and ows and yas. And <laughs> as that song is slowly trying to start. Yeah. <laughs> it's got that long, kind of that long intro, but love it, actually. But, and what, yeah, that palm muting, kind of descending down the neck. The yeah. Kind of sounds like... Uh, Strength by what was that band? The Alarm. Cool moments in there. Yeah, real cool, real cool. You can't go wrong with palm muting arpeggios. No, yeah, good. Uh, I like that stuff. And actually, that Twilight Zone, you got him. Diano is going into some falsetto in there. It almost sounds like something that King Diamond might have been listening to and said, "Hey, I kind of <laughs> like this." Who's <laughs> it? Kind of has on the road feel. again. Yeah. Right. They're out touring. They are. I know. As merciful fate. Right. Yeah, that's right. It's not King Diamond. Right. It is merciful fate. No. Merciful. And they're coming out with a new freaking album. <laughs> so these are good times. Unreal. And Unreal. I can't wait to hear it. So. But Prodigal Son is interesting because it's almost that's almost an instrumental, but then some vocal comes in. But of course, Jay, I got to bring up. Yeah, I got to bring up Kiss almost in every episode. So. This sounds like on Ace Frehley's 78 solo album, he had an instrumental on there called Fractured Mirror. Okay. It's got elements of that. It sounds, sound, there's some acoustic in there, and it sounds, some. there's some similarities. Some remin- early yeah. reminiscent? It, uh, it does. Very cool, though. Very, very mellow. Piano sounds great, but it's kind of, it doesn't really sound like a Maiden song. But I think it's got a cool vibe to it. Purgatory. That's just a cool, upbeat, kind of punky rocker, actually. And then Drifter. Drifter kind of reminds me. It's like another Wrathchild. Yeah. Got that kind of... What year did it come out? 81. It was an 81. 81. Wow. You know, so, you know, yeah, you you go with side one. Is that what you're doing? Definitely side one for me, Wrathchild. So... 
like I like I mentioned, Murders. I mean, Wrathchild and Murders are. I mean, those are obviously great songs. But another life and innocent exile kind of kind of bring it down. And I feel like side two, they're all hitters. I like them. Yeah, I like them all. Okay. So I think I'm going with side two. Nice. Over well, side one get, of Killers. I have to but, listen to side two a little bit more. Yeah. No, it's a. But yeah, a this minute. is. Yeah, this is probably could be a whole nother discussion, but I think I like Killers better than the self-titled. Really? I don't know where you're at with that. That's that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably on the first album, Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got a Phantom of the Opera on there, right? It's just yeah, it's kind of like somewhere in time for me, and that I just I just dig the whole tone and the vibe of it. Uh, it's, yep, it's the sum of all the parts type of thing. Uh, for me, uh, it's it's that first album. That, yeah, uh, God, what an amazing freaking first album for a band to put out. <laughs> well, that's true, right? The fact that it's a debut. That's yeah. uh, that's pretty. Uh, that's heady stuff. That is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, JJ, unless you got anything else, I'm good. I just say Maiden Rules. That was a blast. It was kind of cool that you and I both got to go see that tour. We were the only only <clears throat> two out of the out of the crew. Yeah, I wasn't going to miss it. <laughs> I woke up from a dream and flipped go on the phone and <laughs> snatched up tickets and turned around and went back to sleep. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, woke man. up the next day and you're like, I'm going to Maiden. Yeah, I did. I got Iron Maiden tonight, <laughs> so I wasn't gonna miss it. That's not, yeah, that's not a bad phrase to say or think, not at all. Yeah, or a reality to have. Re- <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thanks, Jay. Okay, brother. Yeah, man, appreciate you. See ya. Did anyone see Iron Maiden on the Legacy of the Beast tour during this 2022 run? If so, when and where and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? What is your opinion of Iron Maiden's 17th and most recent studio album, Sejensu, from 2021? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Iron Maiden's second studio album, Killers, from 1981? Side 1 or Side 2? Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com request to join our private Facebook page at Slam Fest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you.